Hey guys, this is episode number two of Don't Call Me Girl Boss. I am your host, Jessica Buck. I own Sunless Ray and I've been a small business owner for six years and counting. In the beginning of each episode, I also thought it would be kind of fun to do a business tip for myself that I have learned this week. What I wanted to share this episode is Reels on Instagram. Reels is basically TikTok on Instagram. You can record and then stop and then record something else, and then it just puts all the video together. To get to it, just go to your Instagram, and at the top left, you will see the camera. Click that, and at the bottom, you will see live stories and then reels. It is honestly such a fun way to create content, and Instagram is actually having the algorithm prioritize reels. So it'll get more views and you can save it as a new tab on your Instagram profile, like next to the Instagram lives you save. It is an option when you go to post it, you will see it. If you don't know what to create, an easy one is just the process of a service you provide or some kind of BTS, which is behind the scenes. You can always look at what other people are doing in your industry for ideas as well. Just get creative. So in this episode, I am doing my first interview ever. So if it is annoying or I sound awkward at times, just please bear with me. Um, My first guest is Amanda. She is at Exploring Amanda on Instagram and is a tripod traveler going all around Texas showing amazing properties and getting paid to do it. Amanda gives awesome tips, her entire backstory, and just gets super real. I think you'll really learn some amazing things from her, and I can't wait for you to get to know her more. Without further ado, let's just get into it. I am so honored to have you on the podcast, and you're the first person that I thought of to actually have on the podcast, so I'm super excited that you agreed to be on here. Thank you for having me. I feel so extremely honored, not only that I'm the first person, but that I was also the first person to come to your mind. That's pretty badass. (laughs) Yeah, it was just, I don't know, I just feel like I talked to you so easily. So it was just, just, you know, so easy to think of you for the first time. But um, yeah, so I just kind of want to dive into it. I know you have become just like a major force in the travel industry in Austin. And you are basically running around all of Texas with a tripod, right? (laughs) Yeah, just me and my tripod, my trusty little travel companion. (laughs) I know. Uh, And you're on your 13th road trip. I am. Yes, we are. It's soon to be 14. Uh, we're going to up that number soon. But right now I'm on my 13th road trip since the pandemic started. So, Wow, that's amazing. And you started all this during a pandemic, which is even more badass. Yeah, yeah. Crazy time to start a business, <laughs> but we're doing it. So I know. I love it. And then you're a serial entrepreneur. So you've owned other businesses, which I can't wait to dive into. And you're super honest on your social media, which I'm pretty sure I know I can relate to, but so can everyone else. So just really appreciate that honesty, especially on social media. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So let's just dive into kind of like your story, um, how you even got into this space, you know, maybe like out of high school, like what, you know, how'd you start your entrepreneurial journey, all of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I was thinking about kind of how I wanted to present this. And I think in order to get the most of the story, um, I'll keep it short and sweet, but I'm going to start a little bit before high school just because it's pretty pertinent information. So, um, yeah, of course, long story short, I was born in New York and I moved at the age of six. I moved to Pennsylvania from New York. Very, 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 very small town, uh, just to move again at age 12. And I sort of found out early on in life that there was something to experience experiencing different cultures. And it really kind of just shaped and gave me my experience seeking way of life that you are now seeing me live out. Um, I graduated high school and thought that I wanted to, you know, move forward with the apparel and fashion industry, which I did. So I got my degree and, you know, it was college was a struggle for me. So it was just like a joke. I wanted to just go straight through year round because I knew that, you know, if I had took a semester off or had a break, I just wouldn't go back. Um, Because now I know it's because I wasn't passionate about it and I thought it was stupid. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) it was a struggle and um, 
I ended up moving on into the apparel industry and um, I met my husband in 2012. He was active duty military and uh, yeah, you guessed it. We moved around a lot more times. So each time that we moved, I was really excited to just like grasp the new culture at hand. And I talked of other military, like significant others, and they just, you know, dreaded it. I mean, some people were excited, but I was like, let's go. Like, I'm of course going to miss all my friends. Right. But, um, we can always make more friends and I want to just see more. And so that's kind of what we've been doing. We've, we've lived in Georgia, North Carolina, Baltimore, DC. And then three years ago, I packed up and we left the Northeast for Austin, Texas. And now you see me exploring around this amazing state. So a little bit of a like high level nutshell overview, but that's my story. <laughs> yeah. How'd you end up in Austin? So um, a couple that we, uh, we actually lived with them when my husband was in the military, we lived with our um, other couple friends, we moved away and still really like talk to them all the time. And so we figured, you know, let's go on like an annual trip each year and have a couple's trip. And we've been to all of these amazing places. And then one year we went to Austin um, together and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is the city for me. And after that, spent about four years trying to convince my husband to move to Austin. Um, each time it didn't, it didn't work because, you know, he's very like fiscally, financially responsible, which is great because I'm more of like adventurous, spontaneous. Yeah, and me too. <laughs> he's like, oh, we're not going to move to a new city without a job. And I was like, okay, I guess you're right. So <laughs> it didn't work out for like a couple of years. And then his job actually ended up transferring us to Austin. And we've been here for about three years now. Wow, that's so awesome. Yeah, Austin's a great city. I moved here recently, too. And it's just like, you just fall in love with it. I know. I have so much character. Yeah. So you had a business before or something, right? Like, how did that? Yeah. So I guess sort of like the first, the first time that I really like grasped my entrepreneurial spirit was in 2015, at the end of, at the end of 2015, I was working in the retail industry, managing um, a couple stores in the mid Atlantic area, um, working for free people. And I Love loved it. Brand. I loved working there. I <laughs> yes. loved the brand. Yeah. I loved the discount. It was amazing. Oh yeah. Amazing people. Um, but I was kind of over the whole working for somebody else. Right. And so I wanted yeah. to spread my wings and fly. And everyone was asking me what my new year's resolution was going to be because it was the end of the year. And I was like, I don't freaking know. Like, stop. I hate that question anyways. <laughs> and, um, I just decided uh, I'm just going to open my own clothing company because I can do that. Like I knew that I was able to do it. I didn't know how to do it. Um, but I surely figured it out. Um, and so that was my New Year's resolution in 2016. And on January 4th of 2016, I filed my LLC paperwork, had no idea what I was doing. Um, my husband and I went to a Borders bookstore and just looked up, you know, how to start a business for dummies, like really just like got all these books. And um, I just kind of just dove into it. And it was scary because number one, uh, my husband wasn't working because he decided to utilize the GI Bill after he got out of the military um, and he went to back to college um, at Georgetown. So he okay. was a college student. We were living in DC, which is not the cheapest place to live. <laughs> and uh, I decided to quit my job that was keeping us both afloat to start my own business. So it was a terrifying, exciting ride. Um, then that's kind of how, how it all got started. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that you filed your LLC right away. So do you, can you explain to me like why you would, because I'm the type where I don't go legit until I'm like, okay, I'm really into this. I'm making money. I'm going to go legit. So it's interesting to me that you did the LLC first. So yeah. could you explain that a little bit? Yeah, 100%. Um, really, in my opinion, it depends on what industry you're in, right? Because for me, I wanted to open my clothing store. I couldn't do anything in terms of buying any wholesale from vendors without an EIN number. And you can't get that EIN unless you have an LLC. Yeah. So for okay. me, it was the natural first step. Now, with what I'm doing now, I waited several months until there was 
you know, a large stream of income coming in. And then I was like, oh, should I better get one? So it really just depends on like the, that was really the first step. I couldn't do anything like legally without purchasing anything with an EIN number. Perfect. And then how did you find where to get the clothes from? So what I did was I did a lot of online research and I just reached out to a lot of people um, on Instagram who had clothing companies and, you know, you probably don't ever hear back from like no. the majority of them, especially your the people, potential uh, competition, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And so for me, it was just like, I'm super scrappy. Like I will ask questions. I'm my whole motto is like the worst somebody can say is no. And then, okay, bye. Like I'll move on. It doesn't like ruin my day. Yeah. Right. So what I would do is I would call the tax office and they would say, okay, now you need this type of permit to be able to sell out of your home. Um, okay, great. Who, who do I call for that? Okay. Then I would call them and they said, you need this now. And I was like, cool. Who do I call for that? I'm just, you know, you never, it never hurts to ask. So many people are so scared to ask questions and that's, that's the biggest hindrance on your whole life. Like just yeah, ask the question. Exactly. Right? Um, so I would just ask questions. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, where do I go? And then I found out that there were all these, you know, massive wholesale markets and a lot of major cities in this country. And so I would go there and I would just be the buyer and, you know, just, ugh, it was a whole thing. I but, can't even yeah. imagine. That's like my biggest fear is retail clothing because it's just so many sizes and just so much inventory. It's such an inventory heavy business, which is um, one of the reasons that I decided to move, move on with my life is just because, um, well, number one, I wasn't passionate about it anymore. And I just kind of figure out, I needed to figure out why I, didn't love it anymore. So I needed to take a step back. And that was one of the reasons there were, there was a lot of risk involved. Um, I am not the best person with spreadsheets. <laughs> so yeah, I a lot of, you know, buying in retail and especially when you're buying in large quantities is just a lot of that stuff. And so, um, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> so don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just one more question related to that. So say you were going to reach out, like, what is something you would say? Like, I really just want to dive into like very specific because I know so many people starting out, hopefully you're going to be listening to this and are like, okay, she messaged someone. That's a great idea. But like, what the fuck do I say? <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, it depends on the industry, but just for this example, let's just say, you know, just message them on Instagram or however, however you're finding them and say, Hey, like what advice do you have for somebody starting out? I wouldn't even ask any specific questions, right? Leave the ball on their court. That simple sentence and that simple question that you're asking can totally just open up the game because they may think they may say things that you didn't even know, you know, was on your radar or was supposed to be on your radar. And so that's, you know, I do a lot of that too now where I'm just like, you know, what are you looking for? Right. Those open-ended questions really do end up helping you so that you don't kind of get like, you know, backed into a corner. You're getting that really valuable information. And again, don't be scared to ask, Yeah, you know, just do it. Just Nike, just do it. I know, right? That's super interesting. That's, I think that's a really good point. Just being able to reach out and just, you know, I'm a spray tanner and I have other spray tanners reach out all the time and ask me questions. And I just think it's a great way. Like, you know, I can't spray tan all of Austin. I can't spray tan the whole world. Like I'm going to help out competition, you know, like, yeah, there's enough for all 100%. of us to get some, but, um, there is. Okay. So when you stopped that business, did you just fold or did you sell it? So I liquidated the entire business and I sold everything off and I just, you know, washed my hands of it. It wasn't because it wasn't profitable or anything like that. It was, I mean, year over year, I had it for about three years. Um, and it, the first year it was like 33%. And then the next year it was almost like 66. So it would double in, in terms of its profits, but I just, I was like, I can't do it anymore. It's not me. And I was, um, I couldn't dedicate my whole life hundred percent to it either, which was another hindrance. Um, I was working at a restaurant while I had the company, right. Because yeah. my husband's in college and <laughs> I needed to do something. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was a struggle, but I think, you know, when I moved to Austin, the like second or third day we got here, I took everything out of the U-Haul and I just did my first pop-up here. And I did like so many pop-ups in Austin. I didn't know anyone. And I was just like, we got to get the name out. Like I need to just yeah. like hustle and work my ass off and I don't care how the fuck I'm going to do it, but it needs to happen. And then kind of within that hustle, I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is not what I want to be doing. It's, I don't have freedom. 
And, you know, with what I'm doing now, I have freedom. Um, So it was just, it was a huge pivot, but I'm so glad I did it. And I wouldn't change anything. I really wouldn't. So how did you find someone to sell it? How did you go about that? That's a whole nother, because I've sold my business in California and it's like, you can't just post it on social media. Like, Hey, we're for sale. No, I didn't sell the whole business. I sold everything that I had in my inventory. So I liquidated all of the assets in terms of let's just do a major sale until I have literally nothing left. Okay. And then you were just like, okay, we're done. We're done here. We're done. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So then you stopped that and and then you got into the event space. Yes, that's correct. So throughout all the pop-ups that I was doing, I was making all these like great connections and starting to figure out a way to network in Austin. And then I was like, you know what? I've always been so passionate about events and um, putting them together and just connecting people. And so let me try to pursue that a little bit because I know that I want an out with the clothing store. So, um, you know, I worked for in, in between that though, like, I'm going to be completely honest. It wasn't just a seamless transition. It wasn't just uh, you're going to now sell your clothing store and then go to the events business. It was not. Well, because you're going from being self-employed to go work from someone else, right? Yeah. And that's, I mean, it doesn't look the best on a resume. I'll tell you that right now. Um, So what I did was I needed a job. We just moved to Austin. So I started working for a tech company and it was like a salesy role. And I'm not a salesperson. Like I hate selling. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I got to get out of here. Like, what am I going to do? So then I went back to working for a retailer um, locally in Austin and completely hated it. Um, so then I was like, okay, we got to do something with the events now because like, you're going to get burnout real quick. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, what happened was I found like the perfect role. Um, it was large scale events in the state of Texas, um, convention style sizing. So like 30 to 50,000 people under one roof for things like home and garden shows and things like that. And, I was able to travel with that and I was able to um, lead a team again. I missed managing because I used to manage a lot when I was in retail on a larger level. And so I was able to have flexibility with travel, bringing people together for events, having a sales team under me. Um, And it was just, it was the perfect, it was the perfect thing. And then boom, Corona. (laughs) I know. I know literally right before I saw, I remember seeing on Instagram, you were planning that huge ass event. And it was like, I remember seeing you like in your golf cart, I think like riding around the warehouse or the arena or whatever it was. (laughs) Yeah. At the Alamo dome. Um, I, um, that, yeah, that was at the end of February. Yeah. It was like right before people were just starting to talk about it. Like it was in the news. Thankfully, it didn't affect attendance um, like too, too much, but there were a couple other shows in our market that were coming up like Austin, um, San Antonio just had theirs and things like that. And we were like, gosh, I don't know if this is going to happen. Um, watching all the city council, watching all the news and, and decisions being made. And then I was like, yo, this is bigger than we thought it was going to be, right? Like this yeah. is actually something that's going to impact us more than we think, um, which was really controversial Controversial at the time because a lot of people, you know, you were on one side where you're like, oh, it's just the flu. And then the other side, you know, I don't know if you remember, but it was like a huge divide. Uh, yeah, well, it still is, but, but it still is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember it coming up in the news too. And it was just like this little thing like, oh, what's that? Like, I don't know. Just like another stupid thing on the news, you know? But yeah, yeah. who knew it would be this? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was it was rough, but we all ended up um, getting furloughed and kind of saw that coming from a mile away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what happened after that was my husband was able to work remote till the end of the year. And I just got really strategic on really what it what it was that I wanted to do, because, yes, I loved the event industry, still do. Um, and I was able to really with that job, maximize my PTO and try to figure out how to take vacations on the weekends. And so I was still doing this traveling thing that I'm doing now, but it was very, very supplemental and it was very part-time. Yeah. Okay. So when the pandemic hit, I was like, now is my time to get very strategic on what it is that I want out of this and then start to execute on that plan. So you were never like super sad that you lost your job. You were just kind of like on to the next right away. Or did you go through like, Hey, I'm super sad. Like, what am I going to do? Like I lost my job. No, I was, I wasn't, well, I didn't lose the job. I was furloughed. And so what happened was I wasn't 
like sad about it because I knew everybody else was in the same boat. And that's one of the things that I really enjoyed about this whole thing through the mess of, you know, people losing their lives and all of this destruction. It was horrible was everyone is on a level playing field, right? So nobody has an advantage that I don't have really. I mean, truly speaking, we all can't leave our houses. You know, this was in April or whatever. I mean, people were, but I felt like it was very much a level playing field. And so I was like, okay, I'm not, we're all in this freaking boat together. So like, yeah, we can be sad. And honestly, like in terms of mental health, like I was kind of just like wrecked at the beginning. Um, Like in March was really, really rough for me. Um, Like it was a dark time, but it wasn't really all stemming from the furlough. It was stemming from what the hell is happening with like our world yeah and nobody was ready for it and we all kind of grieve and deal with those things in different ways and so I mean was I drinking every night pretty much (laughs) I mean you know so it was just it was tough and then you're worried about what are the long-term impacts and like just the whole thing. So that was just a little mind fuck, honestly, at the beginning. So I know it's still kind of like that for me. It's still, I feel like my days are on repeat. Like every day is the same. It's like, is it Monday or is it Saturday? Like I really wouldn't know. I still have, yeah, I still mix up my days too. You're not the only one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. Okay. So you, then you started doing the travel blogging and then it just really took off. Yeah, it did. Um, the whole thing was again, like I, I, I'm on furlough and I was on furlough for like, I don't know, it was like two months and then they ended up extending it again and extending it again. But And I was then like, you keep, you get paid by the state when you're on furlough, right? So you're still like basically on unemployment? Um, yes, not, okay, not at good. the moment though, because I'm just like, it, I'm making more money doing travel blogging. So I don't use unemployment anymore. Cause it's, okay. it's not. And then are you still like furloughed by them? And then like, would you potentially go back? Um, I'm still furloughed until um, October, yes. And the the unemployment, though, like, it's just, it didn't make sense for me to use it anymore because yeah. I didn't need it. Um, but what happened was the, the what, what was I saying? Like, oh, in March, I decided, um, my husband and I went to South Padre Island for 30 days. And during that time, I got really serious about, you know, what it was that I wanted to do and how. I wanted to live the rest of my life. And it was the biggest, the biggest wake up call that I've had was just going to the island for 30 days, finding some peace, finding some solace and getting real about what the fuck I want my life to look like because it wasn't, that wasn't it for me. Yeah. So I was doing the travel blogging, you know, like I said before, it was really part-time and really supplemental. Um, and then I just tried to figure out how I could go full time with it. There was a huge need for it at the time because obviously a lot of properties are hurting. Um, so I created a quarantine guide on how to travel. I remember that seeing amazing. that. Yeah. That was great. And then I was like, there's so much more to this. People need more information. Um, and the travel thing is just, it's been nonstop since then. And it's been amazing getting to, I'm not doing this for me, I'm helping other properties. I'm showing other people, I'm showing my audience all the cool things that there are in Texas so far Mm -hmm. right now. Right. And so it gives me a lot of, um, just, I just, I feel really good doing it. Right. Because I'm like, I'm helping out these small mom and pop businesses who took a really hard hit, like the most, like the rest of us during quarantine. And I'm like, well, here I am to help you. Like, let's go. This is a mutual partnership, 50, 50, you know? Yeah. So you, did you just start reaching out and like emailing properties around you or? Yeah. So when I was in South Padre Island, I just went on like a, oh, a huge, like email spree, right? Like I was just like throwing everything to the wall and like seeing what sticks. Well, you did um, this before of, too so that seems like a strategy and I like yeah. that strategy <laughs> <laughs> yeah like why the hell not um now I know things to do that I would definitely do a little bit differently um so I don't like completely make an ass out of myself and stuff but <laughs> I was yeah I was sending a lot of emails and just pitching a lot of people and I never really struggle with like knowing my worth but I was severely like undervaluing myself now that I know that now, but you know, I just wanted to get out there and create content and create like a really good photo library for myself. And um, again, help all of these other people who are struggling because there's a lot of 
properties that have a huge need for this. Yeah, 100%. And every I feel like we're going to be doing a lot of USA travel this year. It's not going to be, you're not going yeah. to be going to Italy this year. Or, you know, I don't even know if it's going to be next year, to be honest. I know, I know. But I'm like, I've always been more of a domestic traveler. So I'm like, yeah, I'm here for it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like you don't realize how many like beautiful things are just around you. And if you really just stopped and been like, hey, I could do a three-day trip, a road trip, all of these things, you can see really great things. You don't have to yeah. go to Bora Bora or, you know, those places are great too, but. Oh yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with Bora Bora. Like, let me tell you right now, I'd love to go there, but you're so right. There's just, there's a lot of like underrated places here. So yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, that's a great story. And I just feel like you're just starting now. I know I've spray tan influencers and they'll talk about you and like, yeah, isn't it so great? She's getting paid to travel. Like I want to learn how to do that. And I just feel like it's such a, like, who doesn't want to get paid to travel, you know? Right. I mean, it's like a no brainer. And so that's why, that's why it's kind of blown up to me coaching a lot of people. And I love hearing their success stories. And a lot of I just actually a client of mine today, she sent me a voice message on Instagram, telling me that she pitched her it was her first property that they're going to pay her. And we just did the course two weeks ago. And I was so excited um, to be able to just like, share that with her and give her all of the tools and, and secrets that I use really because that's the whole that's the whole course is I'm there's nothing in the course that you won't have that I don't use like everything is in there so I just you know I show people the ropes I give them one-on-one -on -one. it's not a group setting it's very customized um, and then I help them figure out how to pitch how to charge how to outreach to people how to actually find properties you know all of the things um, and all of the all of the secrets and all of the tools and the things that I've learned along the way too and it's I mean, I've taken some webinars and some courses myself. And so I pick and choose things that I think can work really well. And then I add what I've learned, you know, through this business and my past business. And the course has been a huge hit. I'm actually um, booking out into October right now, which is insane. That is insane. But it's just like the dream, you know, like I personally could never do it because it's just, you know, not for me, but like the influencer space, I just like, I feel like it's just an added element that every influencer should be doing, to be honest, especially in their local area. Like there's no yeah. reason they shouldn't be doing those things. True. But you're right. Like it's not for everyone. It's not something that you, I don't even want to say this because I'll probably catch so much shit for saying it, but there are some things that I feel like are not teachable. Oh, a hundred percent. I've learned that. Sound like yeah. a fucking asshole. No, it's just true. I've learned that in spray tanning, like teaching people how to spray tan because I trained in California and you can tell right away if someone's going to get it or not. And it's not about being mean. Yeah. It's just, you know, that, Hey, this isn't for you and that's okay. Right. Like go do facials, go do something else that's in the beauty space, but spray right. tanning is probably not going to be for you. Yeah, no. Okay, cool. Well, then that doesn't make me feel that bad. Uh, no. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, it's like some people, you know, will come to me and I had this girl come to me a couple weeks ago and she wanted to do the course and I can't accept everyone and I won't because it needs to make sense for the both of us. And I go to her Instagram page and it's just like pictures of her and her cats. And I'm like, <laughs> girl, like I... we need to take a step back and figure a couple things out first because what property is going to look at your Instagram page and be like, yeah, I want to pay her to come stay here. You know what I mean? So well, what criteria? that's an interesting topic so like what do you look at so say I was like okay you know I want you to teach me tra traveling like what is something you look on for Instagram like good content like kind of already in that realm yeah so I look for good content that's it it doesn't matter how many followers you have you can have a brand new uh, account you can have a brand new page and then also I do a consultation with everyone over the phone five or ten minutes and that really tells me everything I need to know yeah. So if you have the best content in the world, but the phone call doesn't go well, for me, it's sort of like a feeling, you know, when I, add, one of the first things I ask, um, I ask all of my potential students are what excites you about travel? Um, what is it that you are most excited to learn about getting paid to travel? And most of the time, the answer is if I could do anything for the rest of my life and not have to worry about money, it would be travel. And for I thought me, you for sure we're going to say to make money. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. No, for me, that answer, I'm like, okay, great. Let's get you on the books because I know that you're willing to work for it. And, you know, it's one of the, like the second things that I say in the course um, when I'm actually like talking one-on-one -on -one with my clients is 
almost anyone can get paid to travel. And the reason that I say almost is because, yeah, you can have hard work and you can have dedication and you can have all of these things, but nothing is going to happen unless you actually have that drive that and how much amount of work are you willing to put in to your content, to your deliverables, all of that is going to determine how much money you're going to bring in. And so really it's, it's like a harsh reality and a harsh truth, but you have to have thick skin. You have to be okay with accepting, you know, I got like seven no's the other day and yeah, it's going to ruin your day if you let it, but it's really just, you know, who am I dealing with and, and just trying to vet them out. It's not as simple as just looking at their Instagram. So that phone call, for me really helps figure out, you know, am I going to move forward with this person? Is it not the right time? Do we need to revisit? Things like that. Yeah. Well, the reason I brought up like to make money, I just feel like a lot of people, you know, I want to become an influencer because I want to make money. It's not, I don't want to be, I want to become an influencer because I want to make an impact or I want to help small business or, you know, all of these things. So if your end game is to make money, like, I just feel like you're not going to do well. Yes. Oh, you're so right. More people need to hear that, honestly. Can we just like tell everyone in the world that? <laughs> yes, I know. Cause it's like, you need to make money. Like I get it. But like, if you're going to go on your own, you need to find what you're passionate about to really succeed yeah. or else you're just, it's just, and that's, you know, like you said, a harsh reality and it sucks, yep. but it's like, not everything's for everyone. Like I'm never going to be like, you know, an influencer on social media like that. It's just, you know, it's just not, and it's not what I want to do. So just finding, you know, your niche. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. And not being like, Hey, I want to be Amanda, but like, okay, like what does that realistically look like? Yeah, you know, can exactly. you have that lifestyle? Do you have kids at home? Can you really go travel every weekend? Like, mm-hmm. is that a reality? Like, yeah, I guess you yeah. can bring your kids, but like that just limits, you know, where you can go or whatever. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I work through everybody with that too, because I created a workbook that has those questions on really how to find your niche. Once we have that break it down into a sentence, you take that sentence, you input it into your pitch and I work with mommy bloggers. So like, yeah, do you have kids? What does that look like? You know, do you have the flexibility to be able to work remote? And that's great if you do, but if not, then how realistic is it for you? So we work through different cases. I'm, I mean, I work with every, it doesn't have to be a tripod traveler because you're not me right so like yeah. what is your niche and so don't be with... you you know like no, that's no, no, not no. gonna be successful for you to re you know to recreate right. another amanda like they have to be their own their own exactly self. yeah and that's why i created that work worksheet that goes along with the course too because then it's just like this is for you and we're gonna help figure out what works for you based on who you are so are you a self-care blogger yeah i've worked with those i've worked with mom bloggers I work, like, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. As long as you're passionate about travel, you have the drive and you want to put work behind it, you will see results. But it's like, yeah, if money's the end game, I don't know if this is something that would necessarily be right for that person. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like starting a podcast. Like, you know, you're not going to make money. <laughs> you know, it's not about yeah. that. Right. Yeah, it's not. Um, okay. Then one question that kind of like, is around the same topic is how do you deal with influencers being friends and competition? Cause you know, I'm sure your influencer friends are asking you for travel tips. Are you like, Hey, you need to pay for my mentorship. Do you help them? Are you like, okay, that person has the same following as me. Like, you know, like, cause it's the same with like spray tanners and another spray tanner. We're basically competition influencers are like competition, but then you're all friends. So how does that work? Yeah. I mean, what if somebody like asked me for advice, is that what you're saying? Yeah. So if like yeah. a friend or cause it just becomes like a hard boundary, you know, like where do you set that? Yeah. Um, well this has happened many of times. Um, a lot, a lot of this has happened with specifically influencers in Austin who I'm sure you've sprayed before. Um, <laughs> I will give advice, but then I'll say, if you're interested in learning more, like here's information on my course and we'll go through and like, we'll create this for you. Yeah. Um, I don't have an issue with telling people, no, I don't have an issue because I'm not, I'm not out to hurt your feelings. Right. It's just business. I, I can't just give up the whole, all of my secrets to somebody because I care about them because if you're my friend, I care about you and I want to help you. So I'll, I'll say like, here's a little tidbit or here's what I would do. Um, and then normally that's it. But then if they keep asking and they keep asking, then I say like, here's information on my course. Um, and it's not because I don't want to help that person. It's because I, there needs to be something in it for me. My time is fucking valuable. And I know that. Yeah. And I like, I am 
that bitch who will set apart <laughs> a schedule and say like, I'm sorry, but these are my boundaries. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have to have boundaries. And if you don't, that's when people walk all over you. And I'm not yeah. about that. <laughs> I know. I just feel like you have to learn to say no, especially starting yeah. a business, especially for starting out service-based hairstylist, you know, your sister, oh, do my hair, your friend, do your, do my mm-hmm. hair, you know, mm-hmm. everyone spray Tammy, spray Tammy, but it's like, I need to make money. I, you know, my time is valuable. So it's hard sometimes to put your foot down. So I need, honestly need to get better at that as well. So I yeah. can respect that. Well, if you need help, you need me to tell someone no for you. I got you, girl. I got you. I know. Thank <laughs> I'll you. I'll be like, she said no. She can't do it. Her time is money. <laughs> I know, right? I don't know why. I, it's just because when it's like, I'd rather be working than not working sometimes. So it's like, just do the free thing. That's sometimes the yeah. way I look at it. But yeah, you need to, you know, have people respect your time and I friends and all that. And it kind of bleeds over into the properties that I work with too, because I've, I turned down a lot of properties. Oh, be really? Because they, they say, we don't have budget. And I'm like, okay, well, I just saw you working with so-and-so and I know that you paid her because she told me. That's so funny. Even if you don't have budget, like, okay, that's fine. Like maybe my following is not where you need it to be. Well, okay. Well, I don't buy all my likes and I don't buy all my comments. So like, there's another thing too. So if we want to talk about that, we'll sit down and talk about it. But if it makes sense for me to go to a place for like free for like a trade, I will, if it makes sense, right? Like if I'm already going out for a couple paid stays and I bulk them together and I hit like one, two, three, four, and you're the last one on the way home. Oh my God. Yeah. If it makes sense, I'll stay there and I'll get it some good content because content is really what matters too. Um, but a lot of places, uh, it doesn't make sense for me. And so I turn it down. And so for example, that happened, I mean, that happened in, um, in Bernie, I was talking to the tourism board in Bernie and then Aaron, who you're going to have on the podcast, her and I went to breakfast and I was like, yeah, I, I actually told them that I couldn't work with them because they didn't want to pay me. They said they didn't have budget. And she's like, oh, well, we're going out there for a girl's trip, whatever. That made sense for her. It didn't make yeah. sense for me. Right. So things like that, where you kind of just have to say, this is not um, fruitful in me, you know, growing my business or whatever. It doesn't make sense. Um, it's not either unique enough or it's not X, Y, Z, you know, my followers would realize that there's something that's not really, uh, authentic about that experience. And then ultimately like go somewhere else to find their Instagram entertainment. Um, so yeah, you have to, you have to tell people no in, in a lot of cases and it sucks because it's like, oh, it's a free property, like how much fun. But then it's like, yeah, well, how much work and time am I going to spend editing photos, creating captions, you know, taking the photos itself because I am by myself. So it, all of that stuff takes time. Um, so yeah, it's a, and your husband, does he go sometimes? Sometimes he does sometimes, but, uh, say like 15% of the time he comes, um, He's very much a homebody and doesn't love things like that. That's so um, <laughs> weird to me. Like, I feel like, how? so how does he deal with you being like you? <laughs> you know, I feel like you're so, like, he seems like so reserved when I met him or like saw him yeah. for a brief second. Yeah, he's, I mean, he is. I mean, we've been together for like 10 years though. And we, wow. like, we went to high school together. We didn't really date in high school or anything. But... That's how me and my boyfriend are. We, we went to high school together, but didn't date in high school. Nice. Yeah. So it's like, he knows the, what he fucking got into. Right? Oh, so, so does mine too. And I but... remind him, I'm like, you knew. Yes. <laughs> it works so well though. And I feel like the military trained us a lot too, um, with like deployments and him being gone all the time to have a strong relationship, not dependent on physically being next to each other all the time. Oh, that's um, true. That would drive me crazy and it would drive him crazy. So this just works for us. And, you know, before the whole pandemic situation, he was traveling a lot for work um, internationally. So he would be gone for like weeks and I was also traveling as well. And so it's just like, you find a way to make it work, right? Like, it's just, it's not even a thing for us. It doesn't even like, I mean, a a lot, I know a lot of other people that have the same question and they're like, I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it for us. It's like, we've been used to this for like almost 10 years with the lifestyle that we chose. So. Yeah. So are like, do you guys think about kids or anything? Like how would that work? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we have been thinking about that for a very long time. <laughs> um, so we're still deciding and it changes every couple of years. So in right the military, now is yes. <laughs> right now for me is no and for him is yes. Oh my gosh, so funny. So it's very interesting. But yeah, being in that military culture, it was like everyone's having kids yeah that's not like how do you not have a kid yeah and so I was all about it dude I was like yes like knock me up we're getting pregnant like it's so happening and then he was like no I just really don't think it's a good time and then I was like fine and then a couple years later it flip-flopped and he really wanted to and I did it and now it's like back to that and um I'm just not like there's no way that I could I mean I could but like don't want to deal with the loss of sleep and all the things that come with like being a mom it is right now so much work <laughs> especially during is. quarantine it's like there's no off switch <sighs> yeah and like, it's like I just... i'm currently in a closet recording this podcast yeah you know, yeah that's you're, what your life you're is in a closet. yeah <laughs> like come on so not the time for us now uh, potentially in the future i don't i don't know um I'm, i have like a huge heart for foster children um Me too. And I, actually, I love that Oh, I love that so much. An older I one. Like, I want, like, you know, the one. You, like, how old? I don't know, like 10 or 11. Yes. Okay, so I mentored um, a, a girl in the foster program here in Austin as soon as I moved here. There's a bunch of different um, websites that you can go on. And then I did a lot of in-person trainings to become a mentor. And um, I can't, like, say her information or anything for her privacy, but she was 12. And mm. she didn't really have like a lot at all and it was really amazing for me to be able to show her experiences like we went paddleboarding and she's like never been on the water before and just to see her freaking face light up I mean even when we went to frozen yo we got froyo and she was like this is the best day and I was like oh it's just like heartbreaking it's just like I don't know how you do that like I I could I just don't know how there's kids like left in the world like I really don't it's just the saddest thing so if the kids thing like doesn't happen I would absolutely love to do something like that. And who really knows, you know, where life is going to take us. So, Yeah. Well, kind of on the kid topic, when did you even, it's kind of totally different, but when did you even start your entrepreneurial spirit? Like, did you have anything like that as a young kid or like, oh man, like lemonade stand? Yeah. Like (laughs) we would do that and we would do like yard sales, but really like didn't start until I was like adolescence, like high school college ish but nothing like where I was like a kid and I like created like an invention and wanted to like I wasn't like a shark tank story or anything like that no Um, but like I (laughs) kind of just like didn't think that it was possible for me either I had like a huge limiting belief around money and um, we didn't have any of that and uh and you know where I grew up it was was a very very and still is a very small and poor town and it was a struggle every single week. And I just remember like growing up around having those conversations and hearing my parents when they were still together, have those conversations about how we're going to make rent and how we're going to get groceries and what the kids are going to eat tonight. Um, And so that was always for me, like kind of ingrained in my head that you, it was just such a limiting belief that like, you can't, Amanda, you can't ever make your own money. Like it's not, there's not enough right? There's not enough for you to actually make in this world. And so you have to just take whatever everybody says in terms of the path. And that's why I went to college and did what I thought I wanted to do and all of these things. And then just realize like, okay, I can do whatever the fuck I want and make however yeah. much money I want because it is there for me. And so it was really 2015 when my true like entrepreneurial spirit came out and I figured that I was worth something. Wow. Well, you definitely are. And you definitely found your space. I feel like this is like what you were born to do. Thank you. I feel that too. And it's such a like, it's so like surreal hearing people say that too, that like have known me for a little bit, even a couple months or like my whole life. And they're like, this was what you were actually born to do. And that's like so good to hear when somebody says that. Yeah. You're like, you're finally on the right path. Yes. Thank you. That means so much. Yeah, of course. Well, it shows on your social media. It's just genuine. You know, it's not like this girl's trying to be something or any, and you know, I see that a lot on social media because, you know, when Mm -hmm. you spray tanning, I have to find influencers on social media. So I'm always looking for new ones and I've seen a lot of profiles. So 
props. Mm, girl. <laughs> Thank you so much. I try. We're getting there with it. We're getting there. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to ask you a few more questions. Yeah. Um, I thought this was an interesting one. What is something under $100 that most impacted your career? Oh, oh, good question, girl. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to have to say my tripod. I, I honestly <laughs> thought you would say that. It was like, she's going to say yeah. her tripod. Yeah, for me, it's just kind of like a no brainer because that's like the niche that I have. Um, I got it on Amazon over a year ago. I'm still using the same exact one. It's really broken and beat it up and like janky and uh, but it still works and I love it. And it's like my old trusty tried and true. So like, I can't get rid of it. Yeah. Um, but then another one I would say is I just recently purchased a ring light and that has been really helpful in aiding with like poor lighting situations when I'm at properties and I don't really know what the lighting is going to look like until I get yeah. there. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my answer. My tripod. <laughs> yeah. Great. And then I have some more. Yes. Uh, let's see. Best advice for your 18-year-old self. I love this one. <laughs> Save more money. Oh, that's interesting. That's Save like not I would money. tell myself. I'd be like, stop drinking. But <laughs> Oh, no, because I'm like still drinking like an asshole, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> no, really, because I like, I'm never like, if you asked me in 20 years what's something you would tell your 30-year-old self, I would still say save more money. It's something I've never mastered, right? Like, and yeah, if I, I suck could at it have too. Get it, like, gotten a really good habit at 18, I feel like I would be in a, like, better place, you know? Well, I feel but... like it has a lot to do with your parents. Like, I have some friends yeah. who that just, like, ingrained in their mind. And I'm like, what? Like, my parents spent money, like, no tomorrow. Like, in and out. Like, always. Yeah. So it was just, like, I had no con- – they, they never sat me down and were like, hey, this is how you be financially successful. It was just, oh, like, no. ever, you know? And then you have the p- kids who did. And I'm like, wow, you have, like, such great parents. I know. Like, what the hell, mom? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, seriously, though. I'm um, like, I, uh, Yeah, I, she probably – her and my dad probably did actually tell me a bunch of times, but I'm just, like, really stubborn and <laughs> lazy and, like, not frugal at all. So I'm like, you know what? we're gonna spend that paycheck we just got (laughs) I know me too I'm learning I'm learning yeah so what is like your biggest hurdle right now like what is it that you're going through that's just been kind of challenging um biggest hurdle right now um not being able to clone myself and be (laughs) in like five places at once um I'm I'm like it's great that I'm booking properties months in advance. Like I just got off a phone call this morning and they wanted to move forward with my highest option of deliverables. And I can't go out there until October. Um, And that's great that I'm booking so far in advance, but I kind of, I just want to be at all of these places at once because I have FOMO and I want to put myself. So what is it you offer? Like what is like your highest package? Oh, well, I offer a lot of different things. So it really just depends on what the property wants. Do they want content? Do they want exposure? Do they want both? And then I go through and I have an a la carte item where they can pick from. I have packages already like custom made. So how many posts you want, how many stories you want. And I get really like granular with it. So again, that's like that first consult call that I have with them is really important because then I can figure out um, you know, what it is that they're looking for. Are you looking for just content? And I have a package for that. So um, really just how much exposure and how much time I'm spending on site creating. And is it so they want you to like email them like all of your pictures afterwards? Or do they just repost what you post? Um, it depends. It depends on what it's package both. they pick. Because yeah. some packages don't I don't give them um, rights to my content. And some I do. Um, because you know, there have been a lot of different times where people use my content and they didn't ask me. And so now I, I charge extra for my intellectual property rights to, for them to be able to use in perpetuity. Um, and so really it just depends on what it is that they want, what we talk about. There's so many options. Um, I know I can imagine, but yeah, that's, that's my biggest hurdle is not being able to call myself, I think. And then also, um, getting onto like larger media platforms. I took a, uh, like a, PR media course on like how to get myself into more of the media and so the struggle for me right now is um you know trying to get those connections and get those right people to go to because um you know I have a lot of really big things coming up like I'm filming um with a production company on something really exciting for 
myself that I'm so excited about. I can't like share too, too many details about it, unfortunately, but like I need to get the right contacts to put what we're creating in people's hands. Um, so yeah. that's also a big struggle for me. Um, yeah. It's so like these are all really things. great struggles though. Like, you know, I think most people want these problems. So that, I think you're in the right direction. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not like if you would have asked me a year ago, there it, I would have had a laundry list of things. And now I'm like finally at the place where I can recognize how grateful I am to own a house and like have all the things that I have and now actually be able to work for myself um, is, is an amazing thing. So It really is. It's the best thing. I recommend it to everyone. Like, I honestly don't believe in college. I don't know how terrible that sounds, but no, it's the worst. College sucks. <laughs> I just, I'm not a school. I hated high school. I hated college. Like I've just never been a yeah. school person. So I just honestly think, especially with the world that we're in today, like you can go work for someone, but you need a side hustle. Like you should be working on some way to make yourself self-efficient. Yep. hundred percent. And I just saw a statistic yesterday that said, um, it was 55% of people in the workplace now actually say that they have a side hustle, which is phenomenal. And like, can we up yeah. that number? Like, I, just, I, know. I love it so much. I know. Well, there's just so many different things. Social media has just opened up like so many doors of like, you can start selling something tomorrow. Yes, girl. Um, what? So say like I wanted to become a travel blogger or I wanted to become an influencer or whatever. What would you say like the first steps are? Like create your Instagram, get a photo shoot. Like what are like specifics that you would do if someone wanted to really start that tomorrow? Yeah. Um, so I would say content, content, content and engage, engage, engage because – if you don't have the content and you're you're bringing really valuable things in your caption, but your content sucks, like it's going to get overlooked. Um, and then again, if you're not engaging, no one's going to really be able to find you and know that you're there and know that there's somebody like-minded and you won't be able to build that community. And engaging, um, you mean like comment on other people's photos and... Yeah, where it makes sense. So I see a lot of people engaging and they're just like trying to get followers and they just like comment like, oh, this is so cute. I love this outfit or like hard eye emoji. And it's like, no, let's be more intentional about, <laughs> you know, how we're engaging because those people might follow you, but they're going to unfollow you in like two seconds. And it's just a complete waste of your time. So think smarter, not harder in that situation and engage on like-minded people who you would really say like, okay, I would, I would probably be friends with that person, you yeah. know, male or female, and then go from there because that's going to build your following. That's going to stick around. They're going to support you. They're going to lift you up. Um, and then another thing is I would say plan. So the biggest thing for me is if I get done with a photo shoot, I'm like, I got to show people right away. Like, fuck this. I can't wait another week. Like I'm supposed to, like, I just want to show people, but by having a um, consistent like planning calendar and there's a bunch of apps that you can use to help with this. So I would recommend um, plan is one app it's with two ends. Another one is called feed preview. Um, and then on Canva, they just released that content. Yeah. I, I like live off Canva. So I was so excited I do too. when I saw I that. I love it. Yes. It oh, is li so if good. you're listening to this, it's literally a drag and drop Photoshop. Like you do not need to be a designer and use it on your computer because the phone is always weird, but it is yes. a game changer. It is a game changer. I, I created my entire get paid to travel course on Canva. I'm like, Canva, do you want to sponsor me? Because I literally I love, love Canva. Shit. Yes, seriously. <laughs> it is yeah. a game changer. Every business, like you can create your logos. I've created every one of my logos on there because it's just so simple. Yeah, dude, same. I love it. So yeah, content, engage, and plan. And again, of course, what we talked about earlier, don't be afraid to ask questions. Like people just are so like intimidated and it's like, okay, if they don't answer or they don't see your message or they like, just choose to ignore you fuck them like I know. who cares? move on with your day you know it's gonna suck for a minute but like you're better than that and you are worth so much more than getting turned down or not getting an answer definitely 100% agree uh, what other um, apps do you use to like edit your photos like what are some go-to ride or die apps besides Canva that we all love um okay so for my photos I use Snapseed um, that's all one word. And I use a lot of different tools in that app. It's pretty user friendly. Um, I know a lot of the ones like people use like Lightroom and things like that. I haven't really gone into that because Snapseed has all that I want. Um, you can use the same presets every time if that's your thing. Um, I like to just manually edit all of my photos because no two are the same with lighting and contrast and, you know, structure and how that looks like. 
So Snapseed, and then for my videos, I use a an app called InShot. And, you know, I do all those fun, like, property review videos. And so that allows me to actually like auto voice and um, auto dub over the video footage that you see. So the videos that I create, I splice them, um, put them together and that's just B-roll. And then I just talk over it because InShot has a, like an, a microphone. So I have the capability oh, awesome. to be able to do that. So yeah, um, I use those two the most. Awesome. And um, have you ever used Tezza? Um, I haven't. No, I know who it is. I, I, cause I follow it's her really like great. The hashtag and all of that, but I haven't used it. I would check it out. It's some pretty cute filters. It's like super like easy. You don't want to try too hard. Boom, done. And then it has like the cute dust. You can put like that like dust on a photo to make it look old on there. Yeah. 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 I'll and check it out. That's super cute and fun. Um, cool. okay. Well, let's see. What else do I have for you? What are your long-term goals? You mentioned a little bit about production and then what else? Um, long-term goals. Yeah. Like I, I think that it would be amazing for me to have like a TV show one day to where I think so too. I would watch. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Like, I just, I want to be able to showcase properties, but have it on a larger scale. So whatever that looks like, um, within the media TV show, I have no idea what that looks like for me right now, but hopefully I get to that point. I have no doubt you will. So (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm like, somebody commented on Facebook. They were like, are you going to have a reality show? I was like, I would not. I mean, that would be amazing. Like, I would love it. But like, I'm thinking like travel show, but like still being myself and like witty and like yeah. talk about things that are important to me, but like don't fucking bullshit. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, that's, I mean, those are my long-term goals as of right now. And then obviously build out my business. So I just hired my first employee. I'd love to be able to grow my team. Um, virtually if possible, because then I can pull from a bigger, um, you know, demographic target market country, you know, things like that. So really just, uh, larger, larger scale here. I know. Well, Joanna and Chip started their new network Magnolia. So you never know. I know I need to like get in there. (laughs) Yeah. They're like looking for people and stuff. Like I could totally see it. Oh yes. I love it. Somebody connect me with Joanna and Chip. I know. If I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and spray tanner and I'll tell you about her. Okay, great, perfect. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm just gonna kind of close it out. If do you have any, uh, let's do some local show shout outs. I'm gonna start doing this on the podcast and just kind of shout out some local people in Austin. What's your favorite place to eat? Okay, favorite place to eat is you gotta get the Migos from Vera Cruz. They're everything in this life. <laughs> And I fucking obsessed. And then also I love cilantro um, because you can get it to go. You can get it for like quick, but it's like just so savory and really good. So the Migas from Veracruz and then cilantro. Those are my favorite places in Austin. Perfect. And then favorite place to shop? Girl, you know, I get all my shit on Amazon. Let's be real. (laughs) I know, me too. It's so bad. It's horrible. I'm like, oh, I have a photo shoot. I should probably like try to buy something cute. Amazon. It's just so easy. It's like literally like, click buy I hate putting my card info so that's what literally hinders me so much that's actually a really good point so if you have an online shop there's a way on Shopify to do an Amazon checkout and it connects Uh to your Amazon account so if someone's listening to this and owns some kind of like online store do that because it makes it super easy and people will probably buy more that's dangerous exactly that's what we want (laughs) I have that on my website now and I've gotten sales from it because it's so easy Yes. Okay. Give a beauty yeah. girl a shout out. Not me. Um, whoever you love in Austin. <laughs> I'm not you. Okay. Um, so Katie from Shag Salon um, does my hair. She is a dream. I have been to so many salons in Austin, not to throw shade on anybody else, but like she just gets what I want. Um, and then also Heather from skin pharmacy and both of these are in South Austin. I just, I admire both of their work ethic. They have hustle and they shine and they're both like not afraid to speak their mind, turn down clients that aren't right for them. And that's kind of what I want to embody in my business and what I've, what I have been. But I think I get a lot of that from seeing other people 
who I'm surrounded with do that too. And so when I talk to Heather or Katie and they're like, yeah, like this just wasn't right. It wasn't a good fit. I'm like, damn, I need to do that too. And I, I know I feel like that's such so a good. point in your career when you can turn down business. It's like the best feeling. Cause they don't own you. Yeah. Cause in the beginning people own you. Cause you're like, I yes. need to make money. Yeah. Like, like, whatever you, you want, them. I'll be there. Yeah. And then to get mm-hmm. to a point to be like, you know what? This isn't right. This isn't cool. You're treating me wrong. I'm, like, I have discount clients when I first started spray tanning where I would drive, like, 40 minutes, and it was a $20 spray tan. And that's, like, yeah, man. not even what I was charging anymore. And I had to break up with the client. And to this day, she still hates <sighs> me. And I'm, like, girl, I was spray tanning you for, like, two years for $20 every Thursday, prime time. Like, I can't do it anymore. Like, pay me. Yeah. And then she moved even further. And that's when I had to put my foot down. But it sucks because yeah. you're the asshole. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it has to make sense. Right. And again, like you have to know what you're worth. And I heard that for the first podcast that you did and like you were so vulnerable and like sharing all of your stories. And I think that like other people hearing that too, be like, okay, I'm only making $20 for this. Maybe I need to do the same thing. Like you're probably helping more people than you even know. So I hope so because that's something I struggle with is finding your self-worth and knowing mm-hmm. what you're worth and being able to stand up for that. Those are just whole, like, and you need to find that in yourself and the confidence in yourself and just know. Yeah that you deserve it and you do you do and you are (laughs) like a powerful woman like and I think especially now we're kind of in the era of like women really like regaining their strength and finding themselves in this in this world again exactly well it's like that's why the podcast name is don't call me girl boss because it's like why do we have to be like you don't call boys boy bosses you know like what the fuck like why can't we just be bosses or why can't we just be owners like why does it have to be boss Mm -hmm. babe boss bitch like it's so like like no like it's just it's time to Mm -hmm. stop that and no diss to the girl who started nasty gal i forgot her name to the one who started girl the term girl boss no diss on her yes yes this is no diss on her by any means it's just it's time for a little bit of a change the time is now my friend the time is now (laughs) okay well do you have any questions for me anything you want to close out with anything that you really think is important to know know about you your business whatever it may be um yeah so I did want to extend the offer to anybody that's listening if anybody is interested in my one-on-one get paid to travel course and you mentioned that you heard me on this podcast, send me a DM on Instagram at Exploring Amanda and I will throw a little discount your way. Yes, um, I love that. And I think really, I, I do have one question and then we can like wrap things up, but I want to see like, who is your dream guest to have on the podcast? Oh my gosh. You sent this to me and of course I've thought about it. And <laughs> it's honestly, it's just totally something that I could feel like I can make happen. It's the girl she's in Austin actually. And she owns deep roots, the salon in Austin. Have you heard of her? Um, I've Melanie heard of deep roots, but I had never heard of like her specific name. Oh my God. Her. She's a badass. So she owns a salon in Austin and then she opened a salon in Cedar park. And I actually did a pop-up at her Cedar park location. When I first moved here, her salons are gorgeous. Like literally like out of a magazine. Like if I were to ever be, as cool as her, I'd hope my salon looks like her. Hers oh is just gosh. beautiful. And um, now she's getting into properties, like doing the interior design of properties. And she's talking about possibly being on an HGTV show that she might be getting picked up for recently on social media. Love so I it. Just, yeah. And she's just like tatted and cool and has French bulldogs. And like, I just love her style and I love French bulldogs. So. I oh just... my God. Make <laughs> it happen. Like that's so, I was thinking like major mega like not even reachable celebrity but like she's in austin you can totally like network your way and like just approach her make it happen i know i could probably dm her i just you know yes. I'm de- you know i'm not there yet but i just think she'd be like the coolest person i really feel like she's someone to watch oh. in austin and is you I know potentially that. on the brink of a tv show and i just think that'd be so cool to share like how the hell did you even make that happen or I know because I'd be interested in that whole TV show aspect too because that's kind of the route I'm taking. Um, yeah, but I just feel and she does like Brooklyn Decker's hair in Austin. I guess she lives on um, Brooklyn Decker. Decker lives in Austin, so it's just like yep. she's just like a prominent figure in in a woman owned business. Yeah, so I just think she's a. And then also Jenna Kutcher, she's just this badass. She yes, has a Gold Digger podcast. Her. Yeah, oh. she's like my dream too. So 
Jenna her. Kutcher, of okay. course, supersedes. That's like my Kim Kardashian is Jenna Kutcher. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, cool. No, I think those are good. Those are both really good answers. And hey, when we get off the call, can you DM me her Instagram from that salon? Because I totally want to like stalk her life and like. Oh, yeah. Her. Stalk her. She's okay, so cute. Perfect. It's so annoying. <laughs> it's like, you know, when someone's successful and also pretty, you're just like, fuck. Yeah, you're like, what the hell? So annoyed. I hate you. No, I'm just kidding. I love you. We need to we need to uplift more people like that and not bring them down. No, I know. No, she's gorgeous and awesome. And I want to interview her and be like her. So oh, that's a good answer. Okay, cool. That's all I have on my end. Okay, awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. I hope you know people find value from this. I definitely did. And I just hope people get to know you and follow you and just see how awesome you're doing. And you know, you're definitely someone to watch in Austin. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of a lot of big things coming, a lot of big trips, and um, I'm really excited for to, for your journey as well, and just kind of see like where where all of this goes. And I know I have no idea, but we're doing watched. it. We're doing it, girl. <laughs> we're just doing I love it. it. <laughs> yeah. So Amanda, you can follow her at Exploring Amanda. So everyone, make sure you follow her. She's awesome, as you can probably already tell. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. So that was our first guest. I really hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you have some awesome takeaways and that we really just brought you some value. I have another interview next week and I will be having a new episode every Sunday night. If you enjoy this, please subscribe and leave me a review and follow us on Instagram at don't call me girl boss. And just thank you again for listening. (laughs) 